0: Jack! And welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. That, by the way, is Brazilian Portuguese. For to stick your foot in the breadfruit. In the breadfruit? In... right in there. In I the breadfruit. I love...
1: breadfruit sounds delicious. I'm, I'm trying to think what a breadfruit could be. Like a... like some sort of fruit crumble or like a... like a holiday-themed <laughs> Christmas. falls off the know, tree like, like that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want... yeah, I want
0: breadfruit. Like... I want to pull it right off that branch. <laughs> just like a full a ba- loaf. A baguette, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, that means just go for it. We are certainly going for this sprint race thing, aren't we, Danny O'Dwyer? <laughs> yes, we are, Drew. Good to have you back. Thank you. Albeit just for one week, you're gone again next week. It's true. <laughs> he hates
1: the post race ones, that's what.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I he somehow managed to schedule you- all of my vacation just like the same time. I don't know how that happened.
1: Well, your punishment is is that you have to do the post-race for Mexico. <laughs> Rob has been quite clever and ducked out this week.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you to both of you for filling in. Uh, I thought you did a great job.
1: Thank- oh, my God, he listened. Uh-oh, wait, mm-hmm. teach- teacher was in the back of the class the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, thank you very much for, for setting up. It just, it's one of those things, wherever I host, I always feel... Even more appreciation for all the work that you do, because there is quite a lot of plates to spin when it comes to when I got like fifty emails from people saying, "Yo, you forgot about MotoGP and the end of NASCAR last <laughs> the first week." I was like, "Oh yeah, I totally did." Sorry, it's it's easier just to sit back here, make japes, and chat race around the world once a week.
0: Uh, well, I can I can I can do that for you, um, or I can I can lead you into that. It's, it's hard to throw to yourself, I know. So I can, I can help you with that. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, a very warm welcome to you. And if you are new to Formula One itself, we've got an episode just for you. The preseason primer uh, for 2021 assumes no prior F1 knowledge and explains how the sport works and who everybody is. This year's primer is episode 137. Also, the show is supported entirely by our audience at patreon.com slash shift F1, where every month we release bonus podcasts and videos exclusively for our patrons that cover racing documentaries and films, F1 video games, experiments with other racing series, and a lot of weird things. So if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of that fun stuff, head over to patreon.com slash shift F1 or click the link in the show notes. What is going on this month, Danny, in Patreon a land?
1: A bunch of circuit walks, track walks, because track guides because I'm um, you know we had a triple header so mm-hmm. expect more of those and um, we're looking at the patron exclusive podcast this month we're may- looking at maybe doing the michael fassbender lamar series like not all of it but maybe like the first series of that that's available free on youtube internationally yeah. so that might i like be a this good idea
0: fit. um yeah. because you it's on youtube and it, right? free. i've never seen it and i'm i'm hoping to get like a I mean, Michael Fassbender is not a normal dude, but like, what if a normal dude tried to become a professional racing driver?
1: Yeah, it kind of, it's like, it's like a really highly produced version of Jimmy Broadbent's YouTube channel. Okay. You know Where I mean? like, <laughs> and, and like condensed as well. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Jimmy who got his first podium. Oh my uh, gosh. Just, just recently. Yeah. They did a uh, twice. In fact, Um, uh, uh, they just put up a video on his channel about a week ago um really good emotional scenes good stuff um and it's it's similar in a way where Fastbender's is a bronze driver for uh the class that they're in in le mans and um he's driving with it's a uh, it's porsche i think it is porsche yeah um i hope so because if it's not then whoever it is has been spending a lot of money on this series and i don't even know who the manufacturer <laughs> is but it's funded by i'm pretty sure porsche as well um yeah, and it's a, uh, it's it's a, yeah, it's yeah, really good. But, but anyway, I think that could be a good one because especially as it's free on YouTube as well. I would just encourage people to go watch it. It's really good. Cool. Um, but yeah, outside of that, uh, I want to shout out to all of our terrific title sponsors. Jason Kelly, Will Romph, Umberto Roca, Troy Stammer, Circuit Demon, Max Voltar, Reagan, Sniggs, Joe Roberts, Abraham Getchell, Jason Chadwick, Abdullah Althani, Bailey Foot, BPM, Drew Stewart, Simon Villeneuve, David Mule, Josh Haynes, Tractor Share, Gnarly Goat, Iron Station Studios, Erica Siegel, and of course, Piret's Card Castle. I hope I said that right. I can't wait to visit the castle of cards. Be careful. (laughs) Be careful. A castle by name. It's also kind of just a house of cards. You've got to be careful around those cards.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Card turrets. Card card, card portcullis there you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes i grew up in a medieval town
0: <laughs> uh all right well we've got a couple towns to talk about mexico city and um what is it uh what's the town it's, it's in Mexi-
1: mexico city it's isn't no, no, it no, no, or, the, or the is there brazil. like a town it's in
0: what's the what's the one in brazil oh it technically uh, it's technically Sao not the i uh, think so yeah the the outskirts whatever we've got yeah, a lot that's to talk the thing. about
1: it could be a town that sao paulo like sao paulo you know, is consumed. gigantic though. exactly it, it's like every well i haven't been there you have
0: it's uh right? it, it feels like a mega city it's like tokyo me- or los angeles it's just it's enormous um but yeah let's let's get right to the mexican grand prix uh starting with the grid here valtteri botas on pole position yeah. lewis hamilton right behind him which is kind of a surprise everyone was saying red bull had the edge here
1: yeah, it was very um, strange. Yeah, the the Red Bull never really got going. Um, but even Mercedes weren't doing great. You could see in some of the practice stuff, it was like their long stint stuff wasn't super. So for whatever reason, it, it was supposed to be advantageous to Red Bull. and They usually do pretty well here, but yeah, they, they struggled.
0: Yeah, they, they appeared to be having Red Bull, uh, that is having some kind of rear wing problem on both of the cars in qualifying. There were a few shots in the garage showing engineers putting tape
1: on the wing. That's never a
0: good sign. (laughs) No. Um, But yeah, Max Verstappen qualified third. He locked up in his final run after Sergio Perez uh, went off right in front of him uh, on the track, after Tsunoda went off right in front of him. So a nice cascade effect here. Um, So that may also have uh, caused Verstappen to slow down since he was right behind him. Mm -hmm. Um, So Perez qualified fourth at his home race, Pierre Gasly got in fifth and uh, carlos Sainz in sixth, which is uh, good for him because he had a weird power unit issue in qualifying one where the car just didn't get out of free it was like his idling down the track but you could see on board he like went to neutral and then that somehow fixed it so right. hopefully for him that doesn't pop up in the race uh daniel ricardo qualified seventh followed by charlotte claire in eighth sebastian fettel in ninth and Kimi raikkonen in tenth by the way this is the starting grid. This is not how people qualified. Yeah, uh, because there were a boatload of penalties, which I'll get to in a second.
1: Yeah, Russell, I think knocked yeah Kimmy out of Q one.
0: So, is that
1: right? I think I, I think so. Like, <laughs> and I, he's starting he, tenth. I think he's yeah. I thought Kimmy was the final one who didn't make it into Q two because Amazing. of Russell. And I remember thinking, oh well, that sucks because Russell is not going to be there anyway.
0: <laughs> maybe it was maybe it was Q two. Yeah, maybe it was Q two because Antonio Giovinazzi was in Q two and he he'll start eleventh. He had actually had a spin Q two and thankfully oh, he hit okay. the wall but square on the side of his car, like laterally. He did, yeah. So he seemed to escape damage there. Uh, Fernando Alonso in 12th. Nicholas Latifi in 13th. Mick Schumacher in 14th. Nikita Mazepin in 15th, which (laughs) question marks. But then uh, George Russell has a gearbox penalty. Yuki Tsunoda, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon all have power unit penalties, as does Lance Stroll, who will start 20th. Because he had a nasty crash in Q1 uh, that caused a lengthy red flag uh, and then took penalties uh, for more power unit elements. So those guys... Um, all starting at the back of the grid.
1: A lot of teams gonna be limping over the finish line with some of their parts. Yeah, always um, the case.
0: Do you want to take us through the start, Danny, of the Mexican Sh- Grand Prix?
1: I might as well, cause the start was kind of the race in many ways. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been said before that Mexico is one of these tracks. You know, it's 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 a lot of tracks where the p1 position on the box is on the racing line so the part of the star finish straight where the cars have been driving up and down every uh, day on in race conditions and that the number two box which of course is on the opposite side of the track is generally in the dirtier uh part of the track um
0: this track for, does get pretty dusty
1: it does um compared to some other ones yeah, and there's also the the engines are maybe wheezing a little bit more at that uh, time. Temps can be problematic as well, especially if you're sitting on the grid. Uh, in fact, I think it was Mercedes's pit wall um, protested how slow some of the cars were going, mm-hmm. um, boxing in. Um, it was funny, I heard Brundle mention that rule. I thought that they still did that rule, where it had to be 30 seconds from the... First to last, but perhaps it isn't anymore for safety or something. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, so anyway, yeah, the cars at the front are getting nasty temps. But Verstappen had talked after qualifying about how he was happier to be in third than second. Um, because at least then he would get the slipstream behind Bottas. But also he was on the cleanest part of the track too. Um, and this proved to be accurate. The Mercedes had a good start. They were toe-to-toe, sort of neck-and-neck, driving down the straight. They had a great getaway, but... But immediately the slipstream and the uh, clean part of the track proved advantageous for Verstappen to the point where as they were closing in on the third corner, like, I don't know, with a third of the, oh, sorry, the first corner, with about a third of the track uh, start finish straight left to do, the three of them were side by side by side, uh, three abreast um, with a cheeky Daniel Ricciardo attempting to sort of sneak up the inside. Um, what happened next is, I think very interesting because it was the best-case scenario of a risky move for Verstappen. Um, Bottas broke first. You could say in hindsight, early. Um, maybe he was attempting to not fight particularly hard with Lewis in that respect. I'm not sure. But Verstappen broke later than both of them and essentially grabbed the driver's line from But Bottas easily than maybe he was expecting because of how early Bottas broke. That said, Verstappen was carrying more pace into that corner on early rubber, first lap and entering the driving line uh, at a decent speed and not not exactly advantageous angle. So he didn't know Bottas was going to break and he didn't know how much speed he was going to have to carry into that corner to get the overtake stuck so in the end what happens is he overtakes both of them hamilton slides into second bottas basically comes from the very left of the track to the right to the inside he almost hits the apex of the corner and in so doing basically plants himself in front of Daniel ricardo who's driving up the inside i think bottas is breaking people were saying like oh he broke too early i think the most amateurish thing that happened or the least professional, rather, was the fact that he cut across almost the entire apex of the corner, the entire width of the corner, to hit the apex to presumably get a better uh, launch out of turn two, and basically spun himself. And Ricci- I think Ricardo is ultimately blameless in, in this. Uh, but for Verstappen's away. He he the the incidents that him and Hamilton had on turn two last year uh, as they both approached it. Um, was was a moot point because Verstappen was like two car lengths ahead of Hamilton by the time they even got to the second one. Sure, he had a rougher angle on it, but like we said last week, that's a real two-into-one corner. So once he had the apex first, he was fine. And Verstappen was off into the distance. And then there was a little bit of a scuffle at the back where you had uh, Yuki Tsunoda getting beached and Mick Schumacher having uh, some pretty bad damage to his car. Um, that was a result of, I believe it was, was it Gasly? Uh, well, oh, no, it was Ocon, sorry. It was Ocon, it was Ocon, Ocon was the one that was
0: squeezed. But I think, yeah, yeah, Botas being spun around and pointing the other way in the middle of the road, I think, <laughs> caused a lot of That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. problems for everyone. Yeah, Alonso uh, just
1: dove at it away in the in the smoke. Yeah, uh, Perez yeah, did every- too. Yeah, and they all sort of like bunched up. Well, Perez, I think, ended up going around the outside of turn two, right? Well, he he
0: cut the the track uh, across the grass.
1: Which is fine. They have special cases for uh, restarts or the start of the race, uh, especially if you don't gain an elastic advantage, which he didn't because he wasn't fighting with position with anyone by that stage because they were either spinning or slowing down to avoid um, Mr. Bottas. So, yeah, yeah, it was um, Alcon, yeah, who basically got sort of wedged, the other two drivers carrying more speed coming into it. Uh, terminal damage for Schumacher's car, he couldn't move it because he broke It looked like the rear right suspension, which ultimately led to a pretty fast safety car.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you no know, everyone escaped with um, without further injury because it's, it's always kind of freaky to me to see cars bounce over each other like that. Uh, yeah, the both of those thumbnail two.
1: for the F1 YouTube channel's highlights is a very <laughs> exaggerated Yuki Tsunoda flying through the air from like a telephoto lens right. Right on the other side of the track. Um, and I was like, whoa, what happened? I was like, oh, yeah, Sonoda
0: <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah, um, first corner. Um, yeah, so we do get a safety car um, for the stranded Sunoda and Schumacher. But uh, I just wanted to point out that, you know, Gasly kept his nose clean and hung with the top three for the rest of yeah. that first lap. And then Leclerc coming along in a solid fifth, having started eighth. And then Giovinazzi, who started <laughs> 11th. Uh, is in 6th and then also Russell had a great start yeah, sitting in ninth from 16th place
1: 7 places yeah,
0: it's yeah. wild yeah, so um, pretty
1: good, like pretty good overtaking You even had Norris sort of like creeping his way up he was in 15th where he was in 18th um, Ocon was up into 14th so you had some people back in there, the issue for McLaren at this stage is you have Ricardo now at the back of the field, Norris in 15th yeah, he had a pit for
0: that front wing
1: yeah, and both of the Ferraris are in the points. Like, high points, 5th and 7th. So, real worry as we enter this race. I think there's three points between the two of them. So, you know, we're closing in on that third third place race. Um, And uh, every point matters.
0: Yeah. Uh, the safety car lasts for about four laps. And unfortunately, those dream starts for Giovinazzi and Russell do not last very long. Uh, on restart, Signs gets by Giovinazzi for sixth place on the outside of turn one. And then on lap nine, Raikkonen does the same thing to Russell for ninth place. Russell isn't really able to stop the bleeding uh, in this race either. So he unfortunately gets passed by a lot more cars over the course of this race. Uh, in the background, however, uh, which you mentioned, Danny, but we don't really see much in this race is Norris making up places. By lap 10, he's up to 13th having passed Ocon and Latifi, and then elects to go longer on his medium tires than anyone else. Uh, so we'll come back to him on that one.
1: What's What's interesting is that as we're watching him go up, Bottas and Ricardo just seem stuck. Yeah. They cannot seem to make anything. And I, It could easily be damage to the cars. It could be that those are cars that are at pace with each other. So essentially... The only reason that you have Russell getting overtaken is because the Williams is just not awake here. And you have cars that are out of position, you know, making passes you would expect them to make. Whereas for a while there, you have. Bottas and Ricardo sort of like attempting to get past each other what we found you know Mexico's always been a tricky track to overtake um for a lot of reasons and term one seems to be the place to do it and there have been years here where you've had more because of a strong DRS zone or whatever it is there's three of them here obviously um but for whatever reason it just, it just seemed harder it just seems like they could not do it so you're wondering was it fuel loads are we going to see more later on in the race but it was very interesting to see Bottas and Ricardo just kind of stuck at the back
0: yeah um lap 30s when pit stops happen at the front so hamilton pits from second and at this stage is effectively racing perez since verstappen is already 10 seconds ahead. yeah uh perez it seems is told to do the opposite to hamilton and he stays out hoping to go long just like lando on those medium tires <clears throat> so that when he pits for the hards um you know he'll uh though he will Come out behind Hamilton, He'll his tires will be much newer than his, uh, so that he'll be able to pass him on track, the thinking goes. Yeah, uh, Lap 40 is when we do see Perez come in, pitting from the lead, since Verstappen had stopped on lap 34, and becoming the first Mexican driver to lead their home race. Yeah, for one lap. Yep. Uh, he, had
1: he, the, he had to cross the line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more than that, but he, he does indeed come out behind Hamilton um, and has 30 laps or so to chase him down with those fresher tires. Uh, and it seems to work Perez's lap 49 was 1.2 seconds faster than Hamilton yeah Um, and he closes down the gap to less than a second by lap 60 and begins his attack Uh, he's go ahead yeah
1: it it was it was interesting how much the even Hamilton when he started on those tires was eating about a second and a half a lap on Verstappen it was it was it was shocking considering how much of a lead that Verstappen was able to eke out um how much once they had a little bit of clean air, especially like as much as it was the tires, the heat here is such a massive problem because everything's running hotter than usual, keeping temps is more difficult than usual, and then it's not exactly like it's a track where they do tend to bunch up on each other, like it's not the longest track in the world you 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 have a lot of slow speed corners where they sort of concertina again. So there's a lot of just being stuck in the dirty hot air of another car. So it was mad seeing like, yeah, Hamilton was was just able to like punch out sometimes once they got into a little bit of clean air. In fact, there was, who was it? Was it Bottas? They had they held later in the race for like six extra seconds because they were trying to find a pocket to get the fast slap with him. But it just goes to show how tricky it was to find any clean air here. Um on this track uh
0: yeah they said there was 22 percent less air to use for cooling because the atmosphere is thinner at that high altitude so wild wild yeah hamilton reporting his tires are getting hot um so that i that does aid perez but uh i also i'd never heard this before but we heard on the radio or from the commentators that the back markers don't get a blue flag until their the car behind is within 1.3 seconds
1: yeah, uh, which is never much of a problem because you're you're closing up and getting in within DRS at
0: least. I'd never uh, heard that before. Do, do you know if that changes per track?
1: I don't know if it changes per
0: track or if that's just um, the, that's just the rule. I think Brundle yeah. seemed kind of surprised about it too, or maybe Crafty. Um, I, I
1: assume that like this is ne- this is usually again a moot point because they close so fast on them, but you know. It's something about this track. They just and the, like you said, the altitude, the heat, uh, the air, it's just harder to get that last couple of uh you know, tents to to, to get behind people. But yeah, I I knew there was I s I didn't know it was one point three. I assumed there was a hard and fast drill. I know I know mm-hmm. if you were out of pace, you don't just get a blue flag. Like you need to be overtaking those cars.
0: Yeah. Um unfortunately for Perez and mexican fans and really the tv audience who if they're like (laughs) me were begging for something to spice this race up uh perez is never really able to make any kind of moves he it it could be that you know he's running those, those same obstacles as hamilton um and that the track only really has one or two decent overtaking spots but he just sort of stays there until the end of the race the final corner or the the final kind of overtaking spot he does take a bit of a lunge but he's still way too far back uh, the only kind of interesting thing that happens in the closing stages is that Botas is pitted um, twice to yeah. try for the fastest lap. The the first time he pits, he comes out right in front of Verstappen, who passes him quickly, but <laughs> while Botas is two laps behind Verstappen, he's, he is allowed to unlap himself if Verstappen is slower, which Botas does on lap 68. Verstappen then complains about him being too slow and then actually repasses him on lap 69. So this is you know, maybe some kind of slowing attempt by slowing tactic by Mercedes, but it also could just be a uh, an unsuccessful fastest lap attempt because uh, they do pit Botas again. He's outside the top ten, so he can't score the fastest lap point, but he can take it away from Verstappen. Yeah, the old um, nag. What a nag! How dare yeah. he? They do hold him for five seconds, as you mentioned, Danny. Which, um, yeah, Ted Kravitz in the in the pit lane points out that they're doing for traffic, and then. F1, so F1 has did did a breakout of this as its own YouTube video, which I will link in All the right. show notes. And uh, in that, they play um, some of the uh, radio that that Valtteri and Max are both getting. And uh, he says that, or um, Bottas's engineer says that he will have DRS from Russell, who is a backmarker. So right. it may be that they put him out there for clear air, but also uh, so he can get. That DRS toe um, from Russell,
1: right? Yeah, uh, I think the Ferraris
0: also. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no. I, all I was going to say was, um, uh, it works <laughs> on the last, very last attempt.
0: Yeah, Ferrari also had some some team orders stuff. Um, I don't, I don't actually remember if that panned out to anything. Yeah, uh, they
1: they asked signs. Uh, signs was just Leclerc thought he was faster than him, and and. The, wasn't that the no? It was the other way around. They, they let him ahead. Um, they let, yeah, Leclerc ahead, and then they finished that way. So, presumably, he was able to, I mean, Leclerc was like 16 seconds up on signs by the end of the race. So,
0: yeah, uh, not a very memorable Mexican Grand Prix.
1: I liked it only because I was just really wanting Checo to get the podium because it would be the first time any Mexican driver had gotten one at. Autodromo uh, Hermanos Rodriguez uh, the Rodriguez brothers mm-hmm. yeah the um, you know the scenes afterwards were worth it for me the 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 the, ole 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 cool. olés, the Checo on the shoulders I guess dad was on there yeah his dad was like the most celebrated <laughs> um, third place I have seen in quite a while so I was uh, what a year that guy's had though Like, just think about this time last year and Looking for he a. He didn't season. have a drive. I know, it's so strange. And now look at him uh, winning, getting, breaking, breaking, you know, records and having 375,000 Mexican fans over the weekend. Absolutely elated. So, you know, as boring as that race was, uh, I think every Mexican fan went home with a smile on their face. So at least there's that.
0: Yes. Uh,. Yes, as we mentioned, Max Verstappen wins the race, followed by Lewis Hamilton, and then Sergio Perez. Uh, Pierre Gasly holds on for fourth. Charles Leclerc yeah, in nice fifth. Work. Carlos Sainz in sixth. Yeah, Gasly, he's just he's always there. Yeah, um, which is awesome. Um, Leclerc in fifth, Sainz in sixth, Sebastian Vettel in seventh. Kimi Raikkonen came home in eighth. Fernando Alonso in ninth, and Lando Norris in tenth. As we said, he went long on those mediums. Uh, and so made up enough time that when he pitted, he still came out in the points. And with those fresh enough tires, he kept the pace up and yeah, retained. Yeah, but still a
1: point. not 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 a great day for McLaren in terms no. of the constructor championships.
0: No, uh, Antonio Giovinazzi in eleventh, followed by Daniel Ricciardo in twelfth, Esteban Ocon, Lance Stroll, Valtteri Bottas in fifteenth, then George Russ George Russell, <clears throat> Nicholas Latifi, and then Nikita Mazepin with uh, Mick Schumacher and Yuki Tsunoda dnfs and that is mexico should we take it to some news Danny?
1: yeah let's jump on in should i start us off yeah that was mexico this is china the chinese grand prix so a notable omission on the list of 2022 races considering we are going basically everywhere next year (laughs) with a completely packed calendar uh so according to uh, racer.com we will be going back, or at least they're attempting to to go back to extend the deal until 2025. So we will be back, COVID notwithstanding, in 20... God, this... How is this a year? 2023. That might be the first time <laughs> I've ever said 2023.
0: It's hard to say. 2023, yeah.
1: Yeah, 2022 is easier. 2023. Because I think it's because I'm Irish, mm. and we say tree instead of three, but because I've been like anglicized by the uk and now america i do say three but my my internal like voice wants to say 2023 i
0: almost went so for the the opening uh (laughs) portuguese line i almost went with um so i'm sure you're familiar maybe international listeners I, i don't know if they have this or not but when you leave a bar without saying goodbye yes this is i did not know about this until i moved to america okay interesting we call it the irish goodbye
1: an irish Uh, goodbye yeah
0: in in i don't know what the implication is that you're just
1: just kind of sneaking off because it's like the opposite of what happens back home like you back home you can't leave a bar because you have to say bye to so many people huh so it's that's it, so I always weird. Find it funny i was like huh all right like irish twins is another uh term over here that i hadn't heard anywhere else but i'm like oh i get that yeah totally yeah catholic families <laughs> yeah you have like two babies back to back racism get, yep that yep. makes sense yeah um, um but irish goodbye like culturally makes no sense like <clears throat> i i that's not a normal thing for people to do back home it's yeah abnormal but it's not oh. that it's not common or anything
0: right so in portuguese uh it's the french goodbye
1: Oh, that's funny. That's funny.
0: <laughs> Again, not really sure why.
1: It's just someone's always leaving the bar without saying goodbye. Maybe not paying their tab or Maybe
0: in France it's the American goodbye. <laughs> the American
1: American fries. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh
1: But China. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, China. Yeah. So I I mean I'm glad. I think when we got the calendar a couple of weeks back, I believe a couple of us mentioned that we were not happy that china was gone i think it's a fun track um i'm somewhat surprised because they have always failed to get people to go to it because of where it was built as much as anything um so i guess the reason why we're not having it in 2022 is probably well it's because of covid i guess and also it's position so early in the year being that they were at least able to say that's what it was um but nobody had said so that's cool yeah i'd be happy for china to come back i think it's a fun race. Um, it's a part of the world where there aren't that many races. It's definitely more than there was 15 years ago, but still not that many. Um, and yeah, hopefully, you know, hope, you know, hopefully, it's sad to even have to think this, hopefully COVID is not so much of an issue in the first half of 2023. Although oh boy. I not particularly, I wouldn't be putting... I wouldn't be betting any Dogecoin on us. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, what else is going on in the news? Uh, I I was I don't know what to think about this story. I okay. am very excited, but also this could be absolutely nothing. So um, <clears throat> don't at me. Um, this is from RaceFans.net. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, F1 CEO Stefano Domenicali was talking to Sky, and I'll just quote him here. Um, we are going to actually, this is, this is, he's talking about ahead of the Brazilian Grand Prix. We're going to start actually to remind all of us who we are. We have today since 2014, the most efficient hybrid engine, and this is something that we need to remember. That's why you'll see, for example, in Brazil, we're going to have a new logo just to remind us who we are, because sometimes it's easy to crucify someone without knowing exactly what it's doing. So a little... A, a li- not exactly clear what he's talking about here, but this he's is something, Danny, something. <laughs> that you and I have talked about since 2014. Is that F1 is a hybrid racing series, and yeah. no one knows that except That's... if you start watching it and you learn more about the cars. People That's who don't true. like if they just hear about Formula One, or even if I think even if you watch Drive to Survive, you're not totally clear. They don't make it clear that these are hybrid cars. And, like, yeah. it's strange because F1 is something that, uh, you know, part of their selling point, really, is that they are a, a series that pushes technology Um, that trickles down into road cars, right? And in this, you know, the the green revolution here, we it would make sense if they hyped up the fact that, hey, these are electric cars. Don't worry about that Formula E stuff. We've got our own thing going over here. Uh, And they just don't do that. And so I've been flummoxed by this, and I I know you have too, for, the you know, as long as we've been doing this podcast, as long as I've been watching Formula One, they've never really nailed this. So um, I, I don't know what... He is saying about, we're going to have a new logo. Does he mean that <laughs> they're going to have... just like changing the red to blue for one day or green? <laughs> um, or does he mean a TV graphic, right? The Race Fans article kind of make it's. It says the headline is to promote hybrid power with new graphics uh, or new graphic. graphic from the Brazilian Grand Prix. So does that mean a television graphic? Like what I have always wanted is... Uh, showing the battery usage um, on screen. W- yeah. Whether that means like a, an actual percentage, like Formula E has, or like I think they used to do this around 2014 when the hybrid mm-hmm. engines were first introduced. Like now they're using the battery juice, right? Well, so the car does of the this way... with push to pass.
1: <clears throat> yeah, well, the, because of the way cars was changed, like I think a large part of this was, you used to have the two different systems that were one was sort of like deploy if i'm remembering this correctly you had a sort of an element of it that was getting deployed somewhat automatically via the setup of the power unit but you did have a very explicit curse button that was being like they were surfacing that a lot more that was Mm -hmm. more and like and the way in which it's used now the harvesting and the the like the setting that you use is different because basically if i'm remembering correctly and i wish this is a, i wish we we'd rob here because he knows a lot of the technical stuff a little bit more the way it used to work was more like push to pass or formula e where you were you were running getting kinetic energy from the the heat of the brakes and the tires and all that sort of stuff and then you were basically harvesting it and deploying it by pressing a button manually w- yeah manually whereas now it is more of a setting that you harvest at a certain rate and you deploy at a certain rate so they still are in charge of the deployment but instead of it being a button that you could get some sort of telemetry on and stick it on a tv graphic and see them press now it is a dial or something like that that they are setting up during their lap if i'm right i'm not exactly sure but i i certainly remember like it's a little opaque
0: and that's another frustration i have
1: yeah and and you're right like If you were to ask somebody what the biggest technical innovation in F1 is currently, they would probably say safety because the thing about F1 cars is between 2014 and now, they've changed quite a lot in how they look. You have the halo device that wasn't there previously. Um, We're constantly getting in crashes and talking about the survival cell, the monocoque. You had horrific crashes like Romain Grosjean's, which, you know, was plastered all over television. So that's the thing that sort of is the standout. I do think Formula E makes made this more complicated because i think formally pushing the whole electric stuff kind of then in people's minds subconsciously wedges f1 into another space the fact that also like obviously it's a massive you know world circus that also consumes loads of um you know creates a lot of uh uh, greenhouse gases and, and other stuff you know, consumes a lot of petrochemicals in lots of other ways and is sponsored so much by (laughs) petrochemical companies and still use it, you know what I mean? There's a lot of reasons why it's hard for them to sort of like say, and we're hybrids. Um, And also I just think, I wonder if like people don't care about hybrid engines, like hybrid engines aren't sexy in future. Like in a weird way, if they start talking about hybrid engines too much, F1 kind of sounds like a dinosaur, right? Mm. Because like the way we're thinking about cars now, hybrids are kind of, like, not a thing of the past, but they're definitely like a sort of a generation back in terms of like what we think of with four wheel drive or four, you know, like road car innovation, right? We, we, it's, it's, you know, electric cars, or certainly here, like, you know, we're in our own little, you know, culture here in the Bay Area. Like, I see electric cars every day, like, dozens of them everywhere. So, hybrids aren't exactly. You know, future. So I wonder if that's another part of it, whether, you know, they don't want to lean on it too hard because it kind of makes them sound old a little bit. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I just to think even from a sporting perspective or like a viewer perspective, you know, we you see, like the commentators call this out. So I gotta believe that uh, the uh, the teams know this too. When a car behind attacks is unsuccessful and then backs off for a little bit. That's them recharging their battery, right? So they yeah. can have another attack. Perez and so and Hamilton. I, I I completely understand the like, well, we can't show the battery percentage on screen because that's just giving away too much about our strategy, right? Well, at least some kind of indication for the viewers to be like battery exhausted or whatever, or recharging, you know, something like that. I don't know. I'm just. This is a lot of frustrations. I'm just venting all at once here, but yeah, um, and, and and hopefully, and this like, like move in many in the right ways, direction.
1: yeah, and in many ways they did. Like they, d- I remember, like you said, more of this stuff back in the you know curse button era, um, but it's just been, you know, even more obfuscated that way, and especially yeah, when you think about where Formula E is in that same in a much shorter time window, going from you know pits, pit, <laughs> pits where they would swap cars to you know, where they are now and, and also stuff like Extreme E, like it is interesting how they don't it, it, like we said before F1's in a very interesting spot right now when it comes to innovation because Formula E has essentially sort of gotten on the tracks a couple of stations ahead of them and they're kind of, they're about to bump into each other, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I I wonder what this graphic is.
0: <laughs> logo.
1: We made a new logo. It's like something out of like a like a like an office sitcom or something you know you're just like oh god they don't know about they don't know people aren't don't realize that we're x make a new logo
0: make a new graphic <laughs> that's put a new graphic up
1: but I had, none uh, of us will probably notice this graphic this weekend
0: right he's <laughs> uh i saw a good retweet of from from chain bear uh Domenicali says we need to start reminding us of who we are and <laughs> Chainbear just says yeah because i'm always forgetting who i am <laughs> it's a real, speak.
1: It, yeah it's a real like somebody something got under his under his nails like that's just you know it's i wonder what some a marketing person told them or something or like it's a reaction to what looks like from the outside nothing so You're right and also like ill-defined where i don't even i still don't know what
0: he's reacting to
1: yeah
0: um, ill-defined formula one no yeah <sighs> speaking of business speak Uh, you guys um, uh, talked about the Andretti Sauber deal falling through. Uh, We have a little more information now on that. Um, This from uh, Michael Andretti on an article on Autosport, quote, unfortunately, at the 11th hour, control issues changed. And it was a deal that we had to step away from because we couldn't accept it. I always said that we're only going to do it if it's right for us, and in the end, it wasn't right for us. Asked by the Associated Press to clarify if he meant that Andretti Autosport was expected to, quote, buy it and not control it, Andretti nodded and said, basically. Hmm. So Al, it seems like Alpha wanted um, like a share, a sharing agreement, and Andretti just wanted to buy an F1 team.
1: Right, so. okay. Um, yeah, so, deal could not be made.
0: Yeah, br- Brian brian Herta, no colton Herta, uh driver friend Andretti, currently in an indycar um was apparently going to be could possibly have been uh a driver um moving from indycar to formula one if that deal had gone through um right. so it was interesting for me to to hear from him uh, in this article from racer.com uh quote it was going to be my decision if i wanted to go or if I wanted to stay. It needed to be the right situation, have the right funding to either be competitive or get to that point to be competitive. But it takes a lot to drag me away from IndyCar 2 because it's what I grew up with. I didn't grow up watching Formula 1. It was going to take a lot for me to get dragged away to Europe. Yeah, I think that would have been wild. Could you imagine that?
1: Fish out of water. Yeah, that would have been... I mean, that's we what ne- We were to do. so
0: rarely see that these days. From yeah. IndyCar to F1...
1: Um, like Haas needs to get an American driver in a car. Like I don't know what the di- like if they want people to care about that brand. I'm not sure what their medium term solution is, and I'm not knocking the current drivers they have or anything like that. But like that team has been. Screaming I'm knocking one of them. For, I'm knocking. What say? They have one of them?
0: No, I'm knocking one of them. You said you're not uh, knocking their drivers. I am oh right yeah uh,
1: but i I, yeah i just feel like the whole the whole hoo-ha-ha around that team when they first joined was finally there's an american team right and like yeah you know gunter steiner and roman grosjean weren't exactly the most you know nico hulkenberg it was you know it wasn't exactly Magazine. the american era so i was expecting something a bit different from there but we'll see we'll see i don't know it's not it's not the most important thing in the world but like I think with 400,000 people turning up at Austin, people now realize that there's a massive F1 uh, fan base. The Drive to Survive project has worked. And I think if you had an American driver slip in here, you know, it would be... That'd be great. cool bunch of Canadians. It's
0: true. Um, One last uh, article here from uh, Jalopnik. Thanks to them for uh, keeping up with this stuff. Um, There is a test this week in Formula 3... Featuring four female drivers, uh, the four drivers scheduled to take Ooh. part are Narea Marti, Dorian Pin, Ira Sidorkova, and Maya Vug. Um, Maya Vug, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, is part of the Ferrari Driver Academy. Uh, Nerea Marti and Ira Sidorkova are part of the W Series, and let's see, Dorian Pin. I believe, races with the Iron Dames program, uh, the Iron Lynx racing team in uh, sports car racing. So, yeah, this will be a test, I think, mainly to get them familiar with Formula 3 machinery in the hopes that they will eventually make their way to to that category. Um, but this is something that uh, Bruno Michel, FIA uh, Formula 3 CEO, and um, W Series CEO Catherine Muir have kind of been talking about, like, we need to have more you know uh uh crossover here a little more information sharing um so that we can actually have a a pipeline from the w series to um you know your your classic fia uh series so that's it seems like it's starting to happen and that is great
1: yeah and some of these drivers are pretty young too like maya Vogue is only i think she's like 17 or something so like
0: pin is 17 uh and 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 sidorkova is 18.
1: Yeah. So that also massively advantageous given the way that the, you know, dominant, the male side of this sport has, has such inroads into this stuff, right? That's the issue with some of the, uh, W series stuff is that you've got drivers who are, you know, a little bit longer by kind of what we now look at F3, F2 and F1 at, um, Uh, super ending by the way we won't spoil it but great ending to the w series this year Um, except you didn't
0: have siderkova because her visa to america was declined nuts yeah where's she from yep russia uh she's an independent racer from the country of of russia
1: yes yeah okay (laughs) that will do it yeah Yeah,
0: we'll do it Uh, visas tell me about it uh, yes uh the brazilian visa that i have in my passport is one of the (laughs) coolest visas i've ever seen oh yeah it's pretty cool
1: I'll got like Christ the Redeemer over it or something. <laughs>
0: um, it's just very <laughs> colorful. Uh, oh, I did want to uh, point out here. Uh, people sent this a lot to me uh, on on Twitter. Um, Airspeeder, is Airspeeder, Airspeeder at Airspeeder HQ. They put out this uh, this video on their Twitter account. They are trying to be the fir- the first. Uh, first of ex8 they want okay they want to be known as the airborne Motorsport. oh no and their twitter account at least um at one point noted that they are yep official account of the world's first electric flying car racing series number one interwash interspeed air air speeder I'll, I'll post <laughs> the video in in uh, the show notes okay um number one they're drones these are—I don't know what oh, okay. f- a flying um, um, car unmanned. is. Um. They are supposed to be manned, but the video that their their hype video here conspicuously does not show a human in the cockpit. Oh wait! So, oh what 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 am I looking at? It's like
1: it's a like, it's like a it's like somebody took an F one car, chopped off the back and the sides, and stuck four drones where the wheels should be.
0: It's like there's no wings and no wheels.
1: Yeah, this is this
0: is this is a helicopter i guess it is a
1: drone yeah this makes me scared because like you know airplanes you fly airplanes if if something happens i guess they're going to be flying so low that maybe this is a moot point but like i've said moot point like 15 times in this podcast um if they're if you're flying with a wheel and you like stall or something happens or wings at least you can get down but like if you're with Uh, rotors and you get in like a this is low to the ground scares me more yeah, low to the ground, you can't just.
0: I want these things do. to be at like five thousand feet with parachutes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. This but is. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember. it Was a Thai route who used to work with like, CBS. He worked mm-hmm. for Texas uh, Ra- uh, News. Um, he was in a. He was like a news reporter on like a you know chasing cars and stuff like that. And he said, "Yeah, the worst part about being in a helicopter all day was that knowing that if something happens, they were too low. <laughs> yeah, to to fix it." So yeah, I don't know. I don't like as as dangerous as F one is. I don't think I want to watch this. I don't need. I don't need the specter of impending death. Yeah, that close. That's like, it's a bit much.
0: I, I also think that a lot like technology and uh, the video game industries. There's a lot of vaporware out there in motorsports. Like yeah, <laughs> Robo Race. That was going to be, oh yeah, like season a two
1: of,
0: <laughs> of Formula E, and they they're still putting out like you know uh, twelve second YouTube videos slash getting the guy from Game of Thrones to do a DJ set. You think I'm making that up? I am. Which not. guy? Hodor. Re- wow, really? I think. What? What, I may well, be they've... conflating two different things here, but but I definitely know that Robo Race has been doing like here's a three hour DJ set. On our YouTube channel,
1: man, the Formula EJ must be pissed. Um, yeah, this You're right. There, the vaporware. <laughs> I. That's why I was surprised that Extreme E happened so fast and happened. But I don't yeah. know why Robo Race. Maybe those robots. You know, COVID. You can't have robots that close to each other. Got to keep distance. You know. Don't want them getting yeah. sick.
0: Also, the uh, first ever EV Tall One v One drag race why are we drag racing i don't know whatever hopefully it's cool i don't know maybe it'll be awesome all right sorry danny i i I diverged from our regularly scheduled podcast to talk about no
1: no robots and no airplanes in interlagos as we know it or autodromo jose carlos pache who is a f1 driver a brazilian f1 driver who had a brazilian f1 career um i don't want to i want to sit on the rest on the facts that he also perished in a uh airplane crash i believe it was um which is perhaps why it was named after him in memoriam of him um, and also perhaps also we have the senna s's at the start of this track so you know but it's more about celebrating these people rather than remembering the tragic um end of their lives i hope uh <laughs> sorry to start this on such a downer i got myself <laughs> caught into something and i couldn't get out of it uh but we're here at interlagos uh it's stay, stay cheery and happy because it is one of the best circuits on the f1 calendar um and notable i think as well in respect to when people were talking about changing the brazilian grand prix to a different location nobody wanted that no that was that was like a bad idea because we absolutely love it here were uh, the they gonna we like here,
0: level a park or something
1: of course they were, yeah. We're going to yeah, <laughs> knock down 20 favelas to do it because Brazil is just like a fucking class nightmare. Um, this this track is built on the outskirts of Sao Paulo in a, in a pretty non-affluent, let's say, part of town. Um, uh, And also there's always like things of like, oh, the locals don't get to see the race. It's a lot of like people from the other part of town coming in here. Brazil is a very complex culture and, and political... History, I can't speak to it. I know Drew, you spent some time there and did some reporting on it from the video game side. Um, but Interlagos always seems to be a great f- race for the fans. It always seems to be a great race for the drivers. And more often than not, it is a great race for the international viewers too. Uh, we've been here for a long time. 1973 was the first race here, though the circuit was like twice as long. Um, There is a big infield section of this track between like the start of the track and the sort of middle arena section that was basically an entire other arena section that used to be there. And also the straight went for way longer. So the one we use right now is actually very short. A lap around here is under 70 seconds, um, which is why we have so many of them. 71 laps, uh, 4.3 kilometers, 2.7 miles, but that's sort of... Um, doesn't really explain the full picture because there a lot of this track is straight. Um, you basically have a very technical infield section and then the rest of it, you are flying around here. Even turns like the Sen S is turn one and turn two, you're taking in third, fourth gear. So they're blitzing around here. Uh, it's 15 corners, anti-clockwise, so it's a bit of murder on the driver's necks because they're not used to taking that many left turns. Um, the... Uh, Overtaking options here, the big one is obviously turn 1 because on the exit of basically once you exit the uh, the technical section in the middle here, which is kind of uphill and downhill and weird turns and double apex turns and places where Hamilton wants to crash into you, uh, the once you get out of that <laughs> and you exit turn 12, you you the next 3 turns are basically not turns. The start the the pit road, the start finish straight is an incredibly long uphill left turn that they take flat out. So by the time they get to turn 1 and they've had DRS here as well. It's ridiculous. Uh it's the best overtaking spot. But unlike Mexico, this is kind of a track where you can overtake a lot of places. Like I wouldn't say everywhere, but like at the end of sector 1, at the end of that straight, also DRS straight, turn 4, you can overtake there. There are multiple uh, ways around some of that infield section where you can get the jump on someone. People can throw down uh, on on the entrance to turn 12 and risk then getting overtaken. So there's lots of different um, ways to do it here. The other thing is because it's so small and because we've got this big field these days, uh, you also just have a lot of traffic. There's a lot of different strategies. Um, Cars can kind of get spun out here and then catch up. You'll often get a safety car. Um, and it's also 800 meters above sea level. So a lot of the stuff that we talked about last week with regards to the you know, amount of air, the heat, all that sort of stuff also applies here. So that's why we love Interlagos. It always seems to just have enough kind of different equations going on for the teams to figure out to produce interesting races.
0: Yeah, and heading into the weekend, we will see some uh, relatively low temps, about uh, 63 on qualifying day Fahrenheit or 18 Celsius, Um, wind fairly uh, steady from uh, looks like the southeast 12 miles an hour or 18 kilometers an hour, precipitation Mm. crucially, qualifying time 25%.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay.
0: Yes, this is also a place where the weather can change very quickly. Yes, absolutely. Uh, less of a chance of rain on race day, but uh, temperatures will be much higher—22 uh, Celsius or 71 uh, Fahrenheit—and the wind uh, a little a little lower at 10 miles an hour or 16 kilometers an hour. So, um, should be interesting heading in yeah. to the race. The championships look like. This, by the way, it was interesting uh, listening to you guys um, uh, do the episode, having not not being on it, because I've noticed that when I cruise through the driver standings, it's kind of hard to parse. What I really Mm. would love, and F one's website doesn't do this, is like, uh, or I guess let let me know is is it hard to follow this when I just say like name points name points. Uh, or would you rather get like Max Verstappen is blank points ahead of Lewis Hamilton, who is blank right. points ahead of Valtteri Bottas. I think
1: um, I I wish I wonder if this is what you are going to say. I wish the F one site let you know how close and how far they are. Like there was a yes. graph, yeah. yeah, Like even for even for like position, or even better, like just a graph where they're all going up with the point. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and you can see how close they have. I also want to know, hi-
0: yeah, historically, I want to know yes. did. Carlos signs jump, Charles Leclerc or what
1: exactly? Or From like who, who fell four places? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, and they. I, I yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, if I knew I, more I about think... websites,
0: I could build this myself. But
1: <laughs> right, you do. That. Drew does a lot of like building custom Excel like sheets for stuff. You collect a lot of data. Um, That's true. I remember in the past we had some pretty crazy ones. You'd have to input uh, all your stuff into. But now I, I I don't know. I think when you say the numbers, I can, I can, I can do the math.
0: Okay well here we go max verstappen is on top first place in the driver's championship right now uh with 312 and a half points to lewis hamilton's 293 and a half points so that is 19 that, that is 19 yes mm. voucher botas is in third with 185 sergio Perez is in fourth with 165 mm. lando norris is in fifth with 150 Charles Leclerc is in sixth with 138 to Carlos Sainz, his teammate, 130.5. Daniel <laughs> Ricciardo is in eighth place with 105. Pierre Gasly is in ninth with 86. Fernando Alonso is in tenth with 60. Then we've got Ocon with 46, Fettel with 42, Lance Stroll is in thirteenth place with 26. Tsunoda has 20. George Russell in fifteenth with 16 points. Kimi Räikkönen in sixteenth. Kimi Räikkönen, that is, in sixteenth with 10. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Satifi has seven, Antonio Giovinazzi has one, and then we've got Mick Schumacher, Robert Kubica, and Nikita Mazepin in zero. I do wonder, you guys wondered why it lists Schumacher, Kubica, and Mazepin, and I wonder if it's because Kubica, like, got a 13th once, yeah, it must be. And it must be. Yeah. Nikita Masman has not gotten a thirteenth or something like that, you know? They do still keep track of where you came, even if you didn't have.
1: Yeah, so what did, nice. what I wonder what Schumacher's highest finish was this yeah. year. I'll look into that for next week. Yeah, that's okay. That's uh what what do we make of a uh, post win um Because he's had you know uh a thirteenth and a twelve in he said he was he's had fourth a in the year, Russia. man. Yeah, he's been hot and cold as well. I thought that would be like a turning point to maybe start getting a bit more consistent. I mean, he was Russell looking was... good
0: in this race until he lost his front wing.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, he did send it up the inside. I, don't, I think Bottas is more to blame for the massive cut across he did, but...
0: Um, I'm more looking forward to next year for him.
1: Yeah, it's wild though seeing Naris like 50 points ahead of him. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, in the constructor standings mercedes is on top 478.5 points one point nuts ahead of red bull nuts and this matters the driver standings that's for accolades right yeah uh and probably bonuses right from your team if you're a driver the constructor standings they get a cash payout from formula one based on how they finish in the constructor standings. And that can be a difference of millions of dollars. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And also just like, think about like being the champions and like what that means for sponsorship. Like it's such a, a massive thing. Valtteri Bottas scuppering the company as he leaves it. (laughs) (laughs) Cause he's had, he's had like arguably the best, like he's had a fairly decent, like couple of races. Like he has been on the podium three times in the past six races. Um, he's only been out of the points he's been at the points a bunch of times this year though he had three retirements and three times he's not gotten into the points so he's either on or he's off um and uh that when 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 there's that many points you know uh, for grabs like 12 or whatever 10 or 8 that's a lot if you don't finish in the top so yeah, yeah. we'll have to
0: see Ferrari is in third with two hundred and sixty-eight and a half points to McLaren's two hundred and fifty-five. A difference of thirteen point five points. That's a 16.5 swing
1: it's a sixteen point five swing. Doable. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean it was because McLaren were ahead of them by three points last week. So yeah, but that but that's a killer because you have to remember when it comes to these races, first, second, third, and fourth more often than not are not available. So they're scrapping for smaller points. So that's a big that's
0: haul for Ferrari. Yeah uh alpine's in fifth with 106 tied with Alpha tauri wow a lot of good battles yeah. this is i mean we, we got what three races left this is great um aston martin is in seventh place with 68 points williams is in eighth with 23 alfa romeo is 11th i'm sorry in ninth with 11 points <laughs> and gene haas and team at
1: zero now haas is definitely in 11th if anyone's in an 11th it's haas yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, in the fantasy standings You can join our fantasy league uh, For the last few races Using the link in the show notes And the, the, the invite code We have a three-way tie In Mexico um, From Canada We have Kimmy's water bottle From Spain We have Rosso Charlie Squared And from America Oh yes uh, Perez your luck No hammies
1: Whoa, okay.
0: Oh, that's good. That is... Strong. That's very, very strong. But overall, from Canada, in third place, Ben Van falling in the standings. Very good. Condolences. Uh, In second place from Canada, Vamos Checo. And in first place, out of nowhere, from Turkey, Tema won. Although, there I guess, go. in uh, in Turkish... Team one. Team Birsh. Birsh. I had to look that one up. What's Birsh? That's one in Turkish. Oh, right. There you go. Yes. Uh, if you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at shiftf one podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. You can also hit us up on Twitter at ShiftF1 Podcast. I'm at Drew Scanlon, that is at Danny O'Dwyer, Rob Zachney is at Rob Zachney. Uh, that's us around the internet. Should we take it around the world, Danny? Let's race around the world! hey. hey, hey, hey. Yeah. We are getting down to it. Winter time is coming, and uh, not many racing series are still left. On the calendar, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is at Road Atlanta for the Motul Petit Le Mans. Ten hours. <laughs> the Little Le Mans. <laughs> In Atlanta. <laughs> uh, everyone calls Atlanta Little Le Mans. Um, <laughs> MotoGP is at the uh, Ricardo um, Tormo circuit for the Gran Premo de la Comunidad Valencia uh Motocross is at the Villa la Angostura. This is why I don't try to pronounce these. I don't know why I'm doing it this time. I've been out of practice. Uh, they're in Argentina for the Motocross Grand Prix of Argentina. Supercars <laughs> are at the Sydney Motorsports Park for the BP Ultimate Sydney Super Sprint. Yeah, British Petroleum, baby. <laughs> i i do love supercars i have not watched any this year but it is great by the way i should just mention before we you know we usually talk about like what to do in the off season um Mm. since all these things are ending right now you can get in if if they're like supercars or the world rally championship that have their own like um uh subscription service usually it's marked down like 90 percent uh if you want to get in on um uh the the end of the year
1: it's a real like halloween candy the day after halloween situation (laughs)
0: yes yes (laughs) Uh, Formula One is racing this weekend. Maybe you've heard of it. Friday, November twelfth, is when things kick off. Free practice one starts at ten thirty in the morning Eastern Time on ESPN two. Followed by yes, qualifying at two p.m. on ESPN u. Saturday, November thirteenth, free practice two is at ten a.m. on ESPN News. Followed by the sprint at <sighs> two thirty. On ESPN News. Yes, just to to recap what that is, Danny, do you want to do that? Sure. Instead of a regular
1: tree practice sessions and then qualifying, and then when you qualify, you go to the race, we will be having sprint qualifying, which means that they will be qualifying and then doing a shorter sprint race, which will then uh, set the order. We'll give them some points, right? And then it'll set the order for the main race yeah the well. top
0: three get three points two points one point for the right. for their so where well, the way they finish in the sprint
1: so that means we get multiple races and it also means qualifying's on a friday kind of it's weird freaks it freaks everyone out i like it let's do it
0: yeah yeah i'm not sold on the concept yet but i do like no. weirdness but the yes, race I, everyone exactly yeah. sunday november 14th uh 12 noon Ooh. eastern time on espn2 the deuce and that is Mexico, and that is it. the pre-Brazil. It um, is. Final Four thoughts. Races Four
1: races left. Four races left this year. Just to remind Got. people, it's Interlagos, Bahrain, Jeddah, which is still being Legoed together as we speak, and then
0: the FIA says it will be ready.
1: Of course they do. What are they going to say? What are they going to say? The opposite to Saudi Arabia? You don't do that, or else. Ugh. and then we're off to Yas Marina after that. So It feels like it though, doesn't Qatar it when Qatar in comes.
0: Right? Sorry, what? Qatar? We're going to Qatar after Interlagos? Oh, did I
1: say Bahrain, did I? I think I said Bahrain instead of Qatar. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Um yes, I got my little little East Coast Petrochemical station mixed up. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh it always feels a little bit like the sun is setting. we hit interlagos it always feels like all right because it used to be way closer to the end so you know we're we're kind of kind of getting there but like as we said when we went through the the constructors championship and the driver standings there is so much to play for here um Mm -hmm. how down to the wire it goes we will learn with each race um but whatever happens interlagos should be i don't want to jinx it but i always look forward to it
0: me too uh, if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes and the official Shift F1 Discord, you can do so over at patreon.com slash Shift F1. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.